It's been over a month, but the 2019 pay raise is finally official. Some federal employees and members of Congress say the wait was much too long. The Trump administration says it's evidence that the federal pay system needs a good overhaul. Federal News Network's Nicole Agrisco joins me now to break down some nuances with the 2019 raise and what the prospects are for a raise in 2020. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Jared. So the, the 2019 spending bill included that retroactive raise. It's been over a month now since it was signed. So let, let me start by asking you the same question that I think every federal employee in the government has been asking you over that month's time. What took so long? Yeah. So what we know is that the administration has said that there were some legal complexities to the federal pay system, and that is what ultimately took so long. That's what we've officially heard from the administration. In conversations with other people, though, I have heard things such as the federal employees who were supposed to do this work were furloughed during the government shutdown. And if you think about it, establishing six new locality pay areas and setting those pay rates for six new areas plus the others, that's work that should be done in theory during the course of an entire year. And so they had to do that within, you know, six weeks here after the pay raise was finalized. I'm sure you could argue that they should have known this was coming and should have maybe had this work planned already. I think there's a couple things going on. I would also say that if you look at the memos that the Office of Personnel Management put out uh, just a few days ago, late at night, it shows an incredible amount of complexity associated with this retroactive raise, which really hasn't happened in several years. So one, agencies, for example, they have to go back and calculate adjustments for employee contributions, for example, for people who may have retired between the uh, first of the year and now, essentially. So they need to go back and adjust retirement. They need to go back and adjust performance awards. They might need to go back and address situations of employees who transferred from one agency to another. The old agency needs to go back and make adjustments to their former employees' pay, for example. So there's a lot of a, a lot associated with this. And I think the majority of the complexity, though, comes down to the issues over locality pay. And I think we'll get to that later. Yeah, let's get to it now, actually. What, what's what's changing uh, with this retroactive raise in locality pl- uh, pay? Excuse me. How did that how did that play in here? Well, as we've noted, there are six new locality pay areas beginning officially in 2019. They were actually authorized last year, but employees who live in those areas won't actually reap the benefits if there are any uh, until now with this pay raise being made official. Getting actually a lot of um, disappointment from federal employees in those locations that the raise that they're seeing isn't larger. And it's interesting. If you look at places like Burlington, Vermont or Birmingham, Alabama, those were two of the new locality pay areas. They're only seeing a 0.1 percent increase, for example, in the case of Birmingham and a 0.3% increase for Burlington uh, between what they're getting now and what they would have gotten if they had just stayed under the rest of U.S. category. And they're expressing their disappointment. We've actually gotten some emails, comments on Twitter about this, and I think it goes back to ultimately what something, something that OPM said when they finalized these six locality pay areas, which is the more locality pay areas you have, the less lucrative this might become for people in these areas. I I, I think those employees in these six new areas are a little disappointed that 
the process they, that they went through for several years didn't ultimately reap more benefits than they thought they would. Because locality pay was originally designed to designate parts of the U.S. where there were unusual costs of living, right? And if every place is designated as a locality, nowhere is unusual. Exactly. And that is the point that the administration is trying to make, especially at the Federal Salary Council. They're looking at the methodology that they currently use to designate who gets locality pay. And that's their argument, is that maybe we shouldn't be looking at where people are living. Maybe we should be looking at... In many cases, the challenges that these places are describing are really associated with the occupation. So, for example, um, the VA not being able to recruit doctors. So that's the conversation that the administration wants to bring up. And maybe the fact that there are some who are disappointed with these raises might you know, be a boost in, in their favor. All right. And there are already some documents out that are starting to address pay increases or potential pay increases or potential lack thereof for 2020, both in the president's budget and in the Senate budget. What, what are the prospects looking like as of now? Well, we know the president proposed another pay freeze for 2020, and the argument there is a push for more performance-based pay. We've heard a couple times now, especially in public hearings over this past week, from OMB, an interest in helping agencies use their existing funds for performance awards and bonuses and using them more in a more strategic way. They're not necessarily proposing a new appropriation. You know, last year we heard about a billion dollar workforce fund. That's not the route that they're going this time. Instead, they want to find ways that agencies can maybe do what they're already doing, but do it a little bit better. Now, I think we're hearing and we've started to hear this from some federal employee organizations, a push to really try to bring the pay raise process back into the appropriations process. I spoke with Jessica Clement, who's a staff uh, vice president for advocacy at NARF, and she mentioned that, you know, really up until 2011, the pay raise was part of these appropriations conversations that members of Congress were having. And she mentioned that I think there's going to be a push to go back to really what a formula in statute, and it is a complicated one, but it's the employment cost index minus half a percent. That really dictates what that across the board pay raise should look like for federal employees on any given year. And for 2020, it should be 2.6%. So she envisions that NARF and perhaps other employee unions are going to get on board with asking for really what the law calls for. There's also probably going to be a push to go back to pay parity. So civilian employees earning what members of the military earn. And I know in the president's budget, the request was for 3.1%. So I think we're going to start to hear more employee organizations push for that 3.1% or something like 2.6% which you might be able to get to 3.1 if you include locality pay. There's also a bill from Congressman Jerry Connolly and Senator Brian Schatz that pushes for a 3.6% raise. I'm sure it'll go well in the House, but probably not so in the Senate. If we were to go back to a more autopilot system where pay raises are driven by ECI, that brings back in the conversation about locality pay, though, right? Because that is the main reason why the president has been issuing alternative pay plans every year, because an autopiloted raise in the in the uh, locality pay would be fairly astronomical compared to base pay. Isn't that right? That's right. In part, the statutory statutory formula deals, though, only with the across the board pay raise, which, again, 
the employee cost index, which is set every quarter or so, minus half a percent. So that kind of gives us a pretty clear indication of what an across the board pay raise would look like. It's the locality pay that makes things more complicated. And that's the number that you'll see cited in the president's justification for an alternative pay plan in any given year. And we should note, you know, President Trump has suggested an alternative pay plan and President Obama and previous presidents before that. So I think it's the locality pay that's the wild card. And again, that probably goes back to what the administration's trying to push for and maybe even some of the disappointment that employees are seeing. And, you know, maybe locality pay isn't what it's all lived up to be. All right. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. Thanks very much. Thanks, Jared. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.